Hello, and welcome to the Sapona Road Church Podcast. Today is a great day. It's the day that the Lord has made, and we are excited that you've taken time to join with us as we hear from God's Word. We exist as a church to spread the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We hope that today's message encourages and blesses you and helps you to grow and mature in your walk and relationship with Him. The Word of the Lord is powerful and life-changing, so let's see our lives transformed as we listen to today's message. I want to um, read today from John chapter 1, and I'm going to be reading, uh, starting in verse verse 43. And it says, The following day Jesus wanted to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered and said to him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, hereafter you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. So, Father, we just pray your blessing over this message and your people in Jesus' name. Amen. So, I want to just just talk a little bit today and talk to you on the thought of believing is seeing. Believing is seeing. And, and last week uh, I spoke about a faith that you can believe in and uh, talking about our sense of faith and how we're to grab hold of things with our sense of faith just like we grab hold of information and knowledge with our five natural senses and, and that we can believe in that faith that, that God has, has given us and so I just want to talk a little bit, follow that up, and hopefully one more message uh, next week that kind of goes along the same lines, uh, but talk today about believing is seeing. Uh, I don't have a lot of points to this message. It's mainly just uh, kind of just like a conversation, I guess. And uh, I know that the world says that seeing is believing. We've probably all heard that. They want you to prove it. I want to see it. But that's not the way that it works in the kingdom. Um, if you think about it, most people want to see miracles, even if they don't believe in God. That's why, probably why we're also fascinated by magicians and, and uh, people breaking world records and things like that. We want to see people do something that's never been done. We want to see something uh, happen that people say is impossible uh, to take place. But I would say um, that's most people, but probably all Christians, if you were to ask them if they want to see a miracle, do they want to see somebody get healed, do they want to see something supernatural happen, they're probably all going to say yes. Even if, they're, uh, if they are part of or have grown up in an organization that says that miracles have ceased and they're not for today, even if they don't believe in it, they still want to see it. 
And uh, I'm sure everyone here today, we want to see a miracle. I would love to see a miracle. I, I, hope, I hope everybody in here would like to see a, see a miracle. But when it comes to these things and when it comes to, uh, I, so I'm going kind of back to belief systems again today. When it comes to talking about our belief systems, we have to be honest with ourselves. If you're not going to be honest with yourself, you're never going to change. You're never going to grow. You're never going to develop into things of God and the things of, the, of His kingdom. And so what we need to know is we need to ask a question to see what our real motivation is when it comes to uh, seeing a miracle. Is our motivation different as believers or is our motivation the same as the world? And so the question is simple. It's not as hard as you would think it would be. The question is, is do we want to see it so that we can believe it or do we want to see it because we do believe it? And there's a, there's a difference People talk about, there's, there's preachers talking about miracles in churches all over the world today. They're talking about signs and wonders. They're talking about God's power. And some of them are talking about wanting to see a, a miracle and even expecting to see a miracle. But the reason that they're wanting to see it is because they want to believe that God can still do miracles. They're not wanting to see it because they already believe He still does miracles. I hope you can get the, the point on that. That makes sense. We, we should want to see it because we already believe it. We shouldn't want to see it because we need to see it so we can believe. I would just believe if I could just see this. We should already believe. And then we say we're called to be believers. We're called to be people of faith. And so I know this sounds like a weird passage of Scripture that I, I read for this, uh, for this message today, but I wanted to make a quick point out of it. Because there's a powerful point in here that I think a lot of times we just read right over it and we, we overlook it. So I'm going to go through this uh, one more time real quick with you before I uh, move on to some other things. But, but in this passage that I read, it says, now uh, Jesus has told Philip, follow me. And now Philip is telling Nathaniel, says, we found him. We found the Messiah. We found the one that Moses was talking about, the one that the prophets were talking about. And he's from Nazareth. And so Nathanael says, can anything good come out of Nazareth? So not only is he not a believer, he doesn't believe, he doesn't believe anything good can come out of Nazareth, much less the Messiah. And so Philip says, come and see. And when he's coming, uh, Jesus says, behold, an Israelite indeed in whom there is no deceit. And so Nathanael was saying, wait a second, how do, you, how do you even know me? And Jesus answers him. And when Jesus answers, uh, answers him, He's answering him actually operating in a gift of the Spirit. He's operating in a word of knowledge. He says, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. And so Jesus wasn't there physically. He wasn't there spying on Nathaniel under this tree. He saw this in the Spirit. So he's operating a spiritual gift, which is one of the reasons it's important that the church starts to be unified again and operate in the gifts of the Spirit as the Spirit sees fit, as God blesses us with that so that, so that we can spark an interest in people. So we, can, so we can say things to them and we can show them the love of God. But when this happens, Nathaniel completely changes. Now he just said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? One simple phrase from the gift, with Jesus operating the gift of the Spirit, and now he calls him rabbi. He immediately becomes a believer. Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. And so Jesus says, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You, you believe just because I said I saw you under a tree? And he says, 
you will see greater things than these. Most assuredly, you will, uh, I say to you that hereafter you shall see heaven open and the angels descending and ascending upon the, the Son of Man. So what he's saying here, now remember, Nathaniel's just already declared him as the Son of God. He's already declared him as the King of Israel. So he already believes. Jesus isn't saying, well, I'm going to show you some more signs so you can believe. He's saying, because you believe, you will see these things. It, it, it all has to go in order. I just, all I said was I saw you under a fig tree and you believe. Well, because you believe, now you're going to see even greater, greater things happening. He would see even more because he believes. See, if we believe, we will see. And now people, a lot of time in the church, they're always, maybe you've made these comments. I've made these comments. Most people, if you've been around the church for a long time, has made something similar to this. But they'll talk about, uh, they'll get together and they, they start talking about what they don't see in church anymore. Have you ever been in one of those conversations? Man, we used to see, and we just don't see revival in the church like we used to. We just don't see uh, people running to the altars with tears uh, in their eyes like we used to. We just don't see uh, people getting uh, healed like we used to. You've heard those conversations or maybe you've had those, those thoughts. But what I want to present to you is the real thing, the real issue here, or what I want to propose is isn't what we don't see in the church anymore, it's what we don't believe in the church anymore. Because if we believed it, we would see it. I think the reason that we don't see whatever it is that, that comes to your mind, now think about the way the church is believing now. If we were believing for people to be running to the altars uh, with a heart of repentance, would we see it? I think we would. If we were believing, if we, when, when I was younger, when people went to church, when they came in the doors, it was almost like there was an expectancy. When, and I would never do this to you. Well, I'm not going to say, you should never say never. But my grandpa had revival every five weeks. Every five weeks he had a revival. He brought in an evangelist, and it was for a one-week minimum. Sometimes it went two weeks. Sometimes you only got two days off before the next revival started. Every five weeks he had a revival. And, you know, they had a lot of different preachers, and some of them were pretty good, and some of them weren't very good at all. He gave a lot of people their first opportunity. But very rarely do I remember, even though I was young, do I remember people complaining I'm sure they complained when they left the church. Some of them did, I'm sure. Some of them just didn't come. I guess that's how they, that was their complaint. They just didn't show up. But no matter who the speaker was, there was more of like an expectancy. They believed that this was the revival where their loved one might get saved. They believed this was the service that might change everything. This was the service they may be baptized in the Holy Spirit. This was the service that someone may be healed. And guess what happened? People got saved, baptized in the Spirit, and they got healed in those revival services. And many of them, were, like I said, were young evangelists that had no, uh, they did not have a whole line of, uh, these are, this is what has happened. They, were, they, they didn't know what they were doing. They were just starting out, but there was a belief there. And so before we're so hard on the church and talk about what we don't see anymore, we really need to have a conversation about what we're believing. Because the problem is what we don't believe anymore. And it needs to be fixed if we want to see a change and we want to see God's, God's power. See, we don't need to just, be, to, just, uh, to just have a longing for God's power. We need to actually believe in God's power. There's a lot of people talking about how they can't wait for revival. They can't wait to see the power of God move in the services. But that's different than believing in the power of God. They're wanting it to move so they can believe it. 
We should be seeing it move because we do. We don't need to just the desire to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, it's a good desire to have. We should go after the gifts of the Spirit. But we need to believe that we do operate in the gifts of the Spirit and that we are, uh, the, the gifts are available to us. See, so we, we don't need to just hope that God answers our prayers. We need to believe that He already has. Mark eleven twenty four says, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer... Believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. See, he doesn't just say to believe it and you will get it. He says believe that you've already received it, and then you'll have it. We have to believe it, and then we see it. It's different than the way the world works in the kingdom. And we see a very interesting story about the way people believe and what it, how it affects what they see in the book of Numbers. And so in Numbers 13... And I'm going to skip the couple verses with the hard words. Uh, starting in verse 21, I think I'm going to go from 21 then over to 23. So they went up and they spied out the land from the wilderness. And yeah, 23. Then they came to the valley of Eshkol and there cut down a branch with one cluster of grapes. They carried it between two of them on a pole, and they also brought some of the pomegranates and figs. The place was called the Valley of, of Eshkol because of the cluster which the men of Israel cut down there, and they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. So this is, these are the spies that Moses sent out. It says, Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh, at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told him and said, We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, the Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well, we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the, the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as, as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom saw it, uh, who we saw in it were men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. Now, on this you can, people can be, have the same experience and see two totally different things because of the way they believe. And so what happens here, I want you to think about this. Now, the spies, when they start out, they even acknowledge, what did God promise? They promised him that he was going to give them a land flowing with milk and honey. And so they even confirm that. They say that indeed it is a land flowing with milk and honey. But that promise fulfilled won't enough for them because of the way they believe. You ever seen people that God's fulfilling promises in their lives and it just isn't enough? It's like their faith, their faith should be growing with every promise they see fulfilled, but it doesn't. It's because they got horrible belief systems. They're not looking for the, for the right things. And so they say it's flowing with milk and honey, but then they change 
And they start talking about how terrible everything is and how, how scary everything is. And the cities are big and they're fortified and there's all, these, there's all these enemies everywhere you turn. And so Caleb quiets everybody down and he's telling them, say, look, we need to go right now. He saw enough. He saw the promises of God. He says, let's go. We are well able to go and possess it, to, over, to overcome them. And they, they say, no, we can't. There's giants in the land and go through all this stuff again. Now, so what you need to notice here is that Caleb never said that what these guys were saying they saw wasn't true. He didn't say, no, there's not giants. No, there's not a lot of people. No, the, the cities aren't fortified. They had experienced the exact same thing. He saw all that, but that's not what he saw because he was believing the right things. He saw it totally different. And see, there were giants in the land, but that didn't change what he believed. He believed that God would give them the victory. They believed that they were grasshoppers, even though it was the same experience. In verse 33, again, it says, And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. Now, it's, if they were grasshoppers in their own sight, right now, can you physically see yourself? No. Right now, the way you see yourself is right here in your mind, what you believe about yourself. They believed in their mind. They, were, they, they saw themselves as grasshoppers, and so that's what they became. That's what they, they believed in their mind, that that's what the other people saw about them, about them too. And then in chapter 14, starting in verse 6, it says, But Joshua son of Nun and Caleb the son of uh, Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes, and they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, The land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will, he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. They're all in agreement that it does flow with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. And all the congregation said to stone them with stones. Now the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of meeting before all the children of Israel. Now, they're wanting to stone them for just saying that they're going to trust God. Now, you may find that in your walk with the Lord, that there are going to be times when you say you're going to trust what God says and people are going to want to throw stones at you spiritually. It's just, it just comes with the territory. It's the way... It's the way that it is. But it's interesting. They're experiencing the same things. And this group sees us. We're just grasshoppers. They're going to just step on us and crush us. And Caleb and Joshua are see the giants and they say, they, here comes breakfast. They're ready to go after them and take them on. They're, they're, they're ready to, to take what they feel like God is giving them. And the problem here is that the people chose to believe the wrong spies. And a lot of times that's what happened, that we make that same choice. We believe the wrong report as individuals, even as churches. Some churches have gotten into all kinds of trouble by believing the wrong report. And see, everybody got what they believed. Everyone got to see what they believed. So what are we believing for today? Because what you're believing for is what you're going to see. The people that believe that they would never be able to take the land... Because of the way that they saw it, that's how it was. They never took the land. They never saw breakthrough because they never believed for breakthrough. 
Now, Caleb and Joshua, on the other hand, they got to take these cities that they believed that God was giving them. They got to, to see what they were believing. Now, it took a while. They had to wait a while for the other people to get gone. Uh, but they still, what they believed manifested into what they would see. And so I encourage you to hold on to what you believe. Hold on to God's Word because it's the same with us. What, are we, what we are seeing and what we will see is a direct indicator to what we believe. If you don't believe that miracles are going to happen anymore in our services, then you're probably not going to see it. Now, it doesn't mean God, can, God is God. He can do anything He wants whenever He wants. He, do, he can do amazing things in spite of us, for sure. But He's chosen to partner with us. And so we need to make sure we're, we're believing the right way. What we see and what we will see are direct indicators to what we believe. So I don't know what you've been seeing in your life. I don't know what kind of difficulties you're having, what kind of blessings you're, you're having. But what are, what are you believing today? Uh, I've got a friend of mine... I'm just going to tell you all a few stories, if that's okay. I've got a friend of mine, and he's a, uh, he's a retired exterminator like me. And so we get together and eat lunch and stuff and tell all the stories about the crazy people's houses we go to. And um, we were eating lunch one day, and he was kind of aggravated about He had gone to check this house in the country. It was a vacant house. And uh, so, so he's there by himself, and while he's there... This, um, this, this bulldog mix keeps coming up, acting like he wants to bite him. And he keeps you know, barking and yakking at him. And he, you know, he gets close. When he gets close, my buddy like, shoes him off and he runs away a little bit. Then every time he turns his back, he's coming back toward him. And this goes on for a while. He goes ahead and checks the house. And, uh, and when we're checking these houses, he's got, we got uh, usually back then anyways, we had a big old mag light that you could just about use as a hammer and your bulb still wouldn't blow on the, on the thing. And uh, a screwdriver that long or longer, usually, some type of probing tool to, for underneath the house. And, and so uh, he had told me, he said, I decided if he got any closer, I was going to hit him. And uh, so he checks the house, he gets done, and about this time, the neighbor comes out. And uh, the, the, he, he's been watching the whole time, and it's his dog. Don't you love those neighbors like that? And uh, he, says, he says, well, you must be a pretty brave fella getting out here with that dog barking at you like that. Now, remember, two people can have the same experience and see it totally different ways. Well, now my buddy's pretty uh, aggravated with this guy when he realizes it was his dog, and he was watching through the window enjoying his dog terrorizing him. And he said, well, that's not how I see it. And the guy said, well, how's that? He said, the way I see it, you got a pretty brave dog to keep coming around me like that. And the guy said, what do you mean? He said, well, if he gets within an arm's distance, I'm going to crack him over the head with this flashlight and, you know, put an end to him. And uh, the guy even said, said, well, I never thought about it like that. The whole time he was watching it, he never saw it that way. And... Uh, he decided to call his dog in the house and let the guy finish doing the inspection. And he, he called him and whistled at him. The dog came on in and didn't bother him, bother him anymore. But, you know, that's, that's the way a lot of people are. It's the same situation. They see it too. Told, the enemy is going to bark. He's going to yak. And, and, and my, my buddy could have got in the truck and called the real estate agent and said, I'm not going to be able to check the house. There's a ferocious dog out here, and I just can't do it. I'm not going to be able to do it. But he didn't see things that way. The enemy's going to bark. 
He's going to yap at each and every one of us. That's his job. But when are we going to start seeing ourselves as the, 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 the person that we are in Christ, as the threat that we are to him instead of always seeing him as the threat he is to us? He's only a threat if we believe his lies. If our belief system's where it needs to be and we're believing what the Word of God says and we're acting upon that belief and we're seeing the world through the eyes of that belief system founded in Christ and founded on the Word of God, we're the threat to Him. But most of us would have got back in that truck and not checked that, not checked that house because of how we believe. See, for some people, things will never get better because they don't believe it will. They don't believe it's going to get better. For some, for some people, they will never accomplish anything for the kingdom of God because they don't believe they can. They don't think the Lord can use them. But see, for those of us that can grab a hold of the truth that believe in is seeing, there's no limits. We can do anything through Christ, but we, but we have to believe it. I was at a... What? Believe it or not, I went to a basketball camp when I was little. And uh, sixth grade, actually, back when that was a big deal to go to basketball camps. Now that they have all this stuff, everybody goes to things. But I went, they spent a whole week trying to get us to believe in ourselves, as you can imagine, at that camp. They're trying to you know, pump you up, tell you all this stuff. And, uh, and a lot of that is you know, self-help belief, but it's the same, kind of the same thing. Other than I'm talking about a belief in Christ. Because you can't do anything without him. But in Christ, you can do all things. And so I don't remember all the stories because some of them were true. Some of them weren't true. Some of them, you know, all these different things. I, I don't even know if this one was true. Probably not. But it's still a good story. But it's the only one I remember. And uh, it was about a high school player who was undersized. So all of us little guys, were our ears were perking up. And uh, he had, he, the coach's favorite, the fan favorite, he had no desire to even try to play in college. High school basketball was his life. And he had one goal. He wanted to get a dunk in a basketball game before his high school career was over. And so he's been working since he was a junior, uh, trying to jump higher, trying to palm a basketball, trying to do all the things he needed to do to dunk. And, and, uh, he had been, and what he would do is... He would go in after practice or before practice, and he would lower the goals down to like nine and a half feet. And uh, everybody under six foot's dream. And uh, he would dunk on the goal, and he would learn how to you know, do, do, do it that way, and then he would raise it up. So for two years now, he's been raising a little, raising a little, and he can dunk now on 10 foot, but they're few and far between. He misses several to get one in. And so... It's coming down to the end, and he's been telling everybody, I'm going to get a dunk before, before the season's over. And so they've got one last home game. And uh, he talks to the coach, and he says, I'm going to stay after practice. I, I, got, I got to get a dunk. And coach says, I'm going to just be in my office. Take all the time you want. It's not a big deal. And the guy's in there, and he just, it just won't work for him. And so he lowers the goal to nine and a half again and slowly raising it up, his normal routine, and he's just feeling really confident on about nine foot ten, nine foot ten and a half. And every time he gets to ten feet, he can't do it. And, or he's, having, he's struggling. And so he comes to this conclusion. He says, I'm going to leave it at nine foot ten and a half. And maybe the referee won't check the height of the rim. You know, they rarely do that, even though they're supposed to. 
And so the next day he gets to the game, and sure enough, the ref doesn't check the goals. So he's feeling pumped that this might be the night. And uh, he, it's his dream. And so second half, he gets a steal. He's on the breakaway, and he gets a dunk. And the place goes nuts because the little guy on the team got the dunk, the fan favorite. And so the game ends, and they win the game too. And, and the coach comes up to – he's congratulating everybody, but he really congratulates this kid, and he says – uh, he said, uh, you got your dunk, man. That was amazing. It was unbelievable. You'll be able to tell that forever. And he says, no, I'm not, I didn't get a dunk. He feels terrible. He thought he was going to feel great, but he feels horrible. He says, I didn't get a dunk, coach. I cheated. And the coach said, no, you didn't. I saw it. Everybody saw it. You got a dunk. And he says, coach, no, you don't understand. And the coach stopped him and says, no, you don't understand. I saw what you were doing last night, and before I left, I raised it back up to 10 feet. He's like, it was, that's a 10-foot rim. You got a dunk. I fixed it before I locked up. And the kid couldn't believe it. And so here, the only thing that had changed from all that practice time from the game was what he believed. He believed he could do it. The height never mattered. It was what he believed. And some of you, God's calling you to big things, and you're just, you, 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 you think you've got to do all. The biggest thing you can prepare is the way you believe to do something great for God. And see, some people, they try real hard. This kid had worked for two years. But th there are a lot of people in the church right now, they are working, I was gonna, I, I, they're working their tails off. I, didn't know, I couldn't think of a better way to say that. They're, they're doing everything they can. They're trying this. They're trying that. They're at every event. They're, they're trying to meet all the right people and do all the right things. But at, when it comes to it, at the end of the day, they don't believe it. And you can work as hard as you want, but if you don't change the way you believe, you're not going to see the results that you're after because believing is seeing. It's time for us to believe in the power of the gospel the same way that the church has believed in the surety of the return of Christ. And I believe in the return of Jesus. I can't wait for Jesus to return. The sooner the better. All of that. But see, some people have all their faith in, in the return of Christ instead of believing in the power of the whole gospel. Instead of believing in all the promises that, that he's given us. Jesus has done a lot of stuff besides just making it for us to be able to go to heaven when he returns. Yes, he's coming again, but is he going to find us as people of faith? Are we going to be acting and believing as people of faith and, uh, on his word? Now, I can't help but wonder, maybe we don't need another message on faith. Maybe we just need to change our belief systems. Because if we believed the right way, we would start seeing the right things and faith would just continue to grow and grow. Who knows what would, what would happen? See, believing is really just us seeing it on the inside before we see it on the outside. That's what it comes down to. So what are you believing today? Are you using that sense of faith to grab a hold of God's Word and the truth of God's Word to, to see it manifest? Bless you. It's important the way we believe. We have to stop seeing the enemy as this big, huge obstacle that is holding us back. No, what's holding us back is what we believe. It doesn't matter how bad this world gets. If we believe and trust God the way that we should, should we're going to see breakthrough. We're going to see miracles. We're going to see blessing. No matter what we're going through. I'm going to give you one more uh, pest control story. And if I already told this one, I'm sorry. I called Jonathan last night and said, hey, have I ever told this story at church? I can't remember. He says I didn't. 
So some of you, I've told it somewhere before. So those of you that have been with me a long time, you've heard it, but apparently I haven't told it here. But I had to go to this house. This was another one of those strange places out in the country. And this guy had pit bulls. And uh, he had this crazy pit bull in, uh, it was like a six foot high pen with stuff added on top with a top over it because he kept still jumping out of it. Dog was crazy. Jumping all over the place when I'm there. And then he had, and, and this was one of those slim uh, body type pit bulls. And then he had this other pit bull that his legs were only about that long, just all muscled up over there. And, and it didn't hardly act like anything. It just was calm. And I've kind of learned sometimes you got to be careful because I also went to a guy's house one time with Rottweilers, and they were all barking at me but one. And I said, why don't that dog bark? He said, because he don't have to. And so I've learned sometimes you can't go by the demeanor of dogs of what they will do. And uh, so I'm there, and uh, I'm spraying, and he says, you'll be all right in that yard. Go ahead. And I go out there, and uh, this guy, he's, he said, but when you need to go around the other side of the house, come get me, and I'll move the dog. Well, I go out there, you know, not really knowing what to expect. And I get out there and there's this big muscled up pit bull and there's a hot wire this high. And that was his fenced in yard. And I'm thinking, this isn't a good idea. I said, are you sure? I go, well, I go back to the guy. I said, wait a minute. There's a little like two foot high hot wire out there in your backyard. And uh, he said, oh, you'll be fine. Dog won't bother you at all. So I'm spraying around, and I go right up. I mean, I'm within a foot of that fence. That dog, he won't even come near the fence. And so I asked him, I said, well, is it all right to just step over the fence? He oh, don't go over that. That dog will eat you up if you step over that fence. And I said, well, that seems kind of strange. I said, are you sure? He said, trust me. Do not step over that fence. I'll, I'll move the fence and move the dog around and... So he came out and he unhooked the fence and he moved the dog and I went back there and the dog still never barked at me, never growled, nothing. And so I finished up and I asked the guy, I said, look, that dog never gets out of that fence? I said, uh, he said, no, I never have a problem. He said, that crazy one there, you see that top on it? He'll jump that fence and run all over everywhere. But he said, this one never, will, will not get out. And I said, but it, the fence is only two foot high. I said, why doesn't that dog ever get out? He said, oh, because he doesn't know he can. And I sat there and I just thought about it. And I'm glad that he didn't, you know, find out while I was there that he could. But that's the way most of us are in the church. We, we sit around and we're talking about how bad the enemy's fighting us and how he's come against us in our health or in our finances or in our family or in our jobs or whatever it is that he's coming against you in because he's, come, he's, he's going to be who he is. He's coming against all of us. But I do think that many times if we were to really look in the spirit and see what it is that he's surrounded us with, it's probably a two-foot high fence. Is the enemy coming against you? Yeah. Is he trying everything he can? Yeah, but if you'll believe the right way, if you'll change your belief system, you'll realize that even though all this stuff the enemy's throwing at you, it's a little two-foot-high fence that all you got to do is step over it and trust God. But most of us will spend the rest of our lives 
behind that little two-foot fence, thinking about, man, I just wish I could do this. If only I could do that. And it all goes back to what we believe. Believing is seeing. If you're not seeing what you, what you want to see in your life, if you're not seeing the things even from the Bible that you want to see in your life, ask yourself, what are you believing? And be honest with yourself, just like with the question at the beginning about the miracles. Why do you want to see a miracle? Is it because you believe in them or because you want to believe in them? We have to change the way that we believe so that we start seeing the things that we ought to be seeing as children of God. There's a, there's a lot of caged pit bulls even in this room. I know, we don't, I know you don't want to admit it. I don't want to admit it about myself either. But there are plenty of times where that two-foot fence has kept me from doing a lot for the kingdom of God. And it kept me from accomplishing a lot that God had for me to enjoy and to experience and to be able to bless other people with. You see, we had to start with ourselves. Because there's, there's a lot of people, you know, the same thing, like the church. Sometimes the church is inside the church is that two-foot fence. Man, let somebody come in from the outside and it's a bunch of pit bulls that are tearing them to pieces. But at the same time, they were not going to get outside that two-foot fence. Everything changes then. See, I, I honestly believe that God is wanting to do some amazing things. I believe He's going to. And I'm expecting to see it. Not because I want to believe it, because I do believe it. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I don't think there has to be some, some uh, particular way that it has to be done for God to move. I think God just looks at the heart. And well, you can say all the right things and do all the right things, but if you're not believing the right way, you're not going to see anything. At the same time, you can get up here and stumble over your words and people send you videos of you saying, it, saying things incorrect. But if your heart's in the right place and you actually believe what you're talking about when it comes to the kingdom of God, I believe God will honor that. I don't know what the, what the timing of it is. I hope it's not as long as Caleb and Joshua had to wait, but whatever it is, it is. But I'm not going to change what I believe, and I don't want you to change it either unless it needs to be changed. We've got to fix those things. That we, we can't just hold on to stuff that's not benefiting us. We've got to let it go and believe God. And I believe that when we do, we will see miracle after miracle, breakthrough after breakthrough, victory after victory, and we'll realize it didn't have to be as difficult as we made it all along. Father, we just thank you again for your presence in this place, Lord. I pray for each and every one of us, God, that we would begin to believe the right things, God. Lord, I, begin, I pray that we would just begin to, to see the miraculous, see change, see breakthrough, see all those things, God, that we are believing for. God, not so that we will believe, but because we do believe, God. I pray that you would help us to line our belief systems up with your word, God, and realize all that we are through Christ, all that we can do through Christ, and all that Christ has already done for us, and that we would walk in every single promise of it, God. Lord, I pray blessings over not only each person, God, but even this church, Lord, that this church would just begin to, to be a place where your glory abounds, Lord, and it just gets, keeps growing stronger and stronger, God. Lord, a pray, place of revival, a place of healing, Lord, a place of change and deliverance, God. And we just ask all these things in Jesus' name. And I just pray blessing over every person here today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We are so happy that you joined us today. If you are interested in learning about or giving to this ministry, you can find more information at saponaroadchurch.com. If you are local to the Fayetteville, North Carolina area, 
Our meeting times are 10.45 a.m. Sunday mornings and 7 o'clock p.m. Wednesdays for our connect groups. From all of us here at Sapona Road Church, we hope that you have a great day as you walk in the Lord's favor and blessing.